You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. Again, today we're going to talk, as we wrap up this message series on the Sermon on the Mount, today's the last message in this. I don't know if it was long enough for you, but um, I can't imagine Jesus preached all day long, had all these people there all day long on the side of a mountain, and uh, he didn't break his up in, in, in many series. He did it all day long. Can you imagine that, huh? Just on and on and on. I bet a lot of people are just like, oh, man, you know, this is how long is this preacher going to go? But Jesus just preached and preached and preached. And today we're going to talk about the foundation he talked about, the last kind of bracket that's broken down your Bible in Matthew 7. It starts in about verse 24. You can turn there. We're going to look at that today. But I titled this message today, it's all about foundations, and I titled it, What's Under My House? What's Under My House? And it sounds kind of like, um, you know, getting close to Halloween. It sounds like one of those scary movies, right? You know, what's under your house? You know, kind of thing. You know, you see those creepy... Like, bro, I don't know, like, when I was growing up in the 80s, about the worst thing there was was, like, Jason Voorhees. Man, he was behind a ho- hockey mask. It's kind of freaky, but it wasn't that. Man, this stuff today people make is crazy. I see the commercials that comes up, and it's like, you know, you're like, Goo. the commercial alone is enough for me, man. I ain't watching that. I ain't watching that. That'll, that'll freak me out. But it sounds like one of these movies, like, what's under your house, you know? Like, you don't know. What's under the stairs and all these weird things like that? But... When I ask you the question, what's under my house, I'm really referring to foundations. And we like those home shows. How many of you guys, you guys watch uh, Let's Know Online or Let's Know in the Room? Either one. You watch those home shows. You guys like those things, HGTV things, the DIY stuff, those guys. And they make me so mad. We'll be watching stuff. And they, oh, for $50,000, they've come in your house and you've got a, you know, a $75,000 kitchen. Your master bedroom, a bathroom. They spent 150000 on this house, but they tell you it costs fifty. I'm talking to Haley going, they in no way. That costs that much money. Nobody around here building that for that. And, you know, you watch these fixer-upper people, and, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. But my newest fun one, my new favorite one is, like, this hometown dude. Uh, it's this couple, right? They, they build these things. They have these little small homes, these old homes, and they make them look cool. But the reason I like it so much is because the big guy on their big bin, he builds stuff. And I like that. I'm like, it's a big old burly man in a wood shop, and I think that's cool. But every now and then, when they, when they bring the homes out and they show you everything, they give you what's on the outside. They show you, here's the kitchen, and here's the bedroom, and oh, we're going to look at what it's going to look like. And all the people are like, oh, my dream kitchen. I'm going to bake pastries in there. And the man's like, oh, baby, I'm going to cry with you. It's so wonderful. And everybody's so happy. But nobody takes a moment to get up under the house and say, hey, let's take a look at the foundation. Nobody does that. But along throughout the show, you know how it rolls, right? About 10 minutes an episode, they get the... Oh, man, what's wrong? Oh, have you seen any of these floors? No, what is it? We've got some rotten joists. Oh, man, i got to tell the homeowners. Like they didn't already know. <laughs> like We all know it's staged. You don't have to put all that acting into it. We know they knew it before they bought the place. But they go and they say, we got to fix the foundation. Why don't they just keep working on the kitchen? Because they know that if you don't fix that foundation, the kitchen's not going to matter. And I'm telling you, I have been under hundreds of homes. I was in construction before I became ministry and pastor. I'm you, I've been under hundreds of homes here in Rome and other places in Oklahoma. And, well, most, most of them in Oklahoma is in the attic, but I've been under hundreds and hundreds of homes. And I'm telling you something, it's funny. When you go in there and see the foundations and they're messed up and you have to tell a homeowner this, this is the reaction you usually get. It's almost like they're offended. Well, what do you mean there's something wrong with my house? Like, well, I, I didn't do it, you know. <laughs> I, I, mean, I didn't tear your house up. I'm just telling you there, there's a problem here. You have a seal that is rotten. Just want to let you know that before your floor falls in. I didn't do it. It's been going on for years. But 
It's almost like people get offended when you bring up anything under their house because they can't see it. And a lot of times, if you're not careful, all the cosmetic things, paint and tile and wallpaper and millwork, can hide a lot of problems. If you don't know what you're looking for, that stuff can make everything look real pretty on the outside, but on the inside or underneath it, there could be some major issues. Because most people, listen very carefully, most people put money into what everybody else sees. Very few people take the time to say, the foundation needs some money. Let's put some money. And they don't take everybody, you know, when they come up for dinner, nobody ever takes them up and says, hey, let me show you what we've been working on. Come with me. Let's open up the crawl space. Look under here. Look at these joists we replaced. Isn't this amazing? I mean, look at that wood. Isn't it great? Nobody does that. They say, look at the kitchen cabinets. Look at the paint. Oh, it's so pretty. Most of us spend money on what people see. Jesus said in Matthew 7, listen to how he talked about foundations. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded or built upon the rock. Now, I want to say something before I read verse 26. If you don't know this about Jesus, Jesus was not a carpenter. Now, have I got your attention? Jesus was not a carpenter. The word for who Jesus was, his trade in Greek is a tecton. It is a builder. Did he build things? Yeah. Did he work with wood? Yeah. Did he do carpentry? Yes. But the better word for who Jesus was is he was a builder. He understood the start to finish process. He, in more better translation would be he was more a stonemason and he worked with stone and rock as much as he did with wood and, and millwork. He was a builder. So you understand, and think about, isn't that something? He knows more about from how to start with something and finish it all the way through. So when he says this, think about how he's talking now. Verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was that fall. Jesus understood building. He understood the process more than just a carpenter. Carpenter is great, but maybe if you think about Jesus as just a maker of chairs or tables, that's a trade, but that's not the same as someone who knows how to build a house. You could build tables and chairs, but that's not structure. That's finishes. Jesus was a builder. So when he tells us this, he says, listen, I understand what it means to build something. And I'm telling you, if you build your life on the rock, you're going to be able to withstand the floods, the wind, the rain. But if you build your life on the sand that shifts, that same flood, rain, and storm is going to wash away your home. In storms of uncertainty, listen, it's not the finishes that count. It's the foundation. And I want you to see something that's very clear about this verse of Scripture. Jesus is very clear to all of us. Please hear this as Christians. I know we like to talk about the victory. I know we got it. I know we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. I know that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I understand this, that, that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I understand all these verses of Scripture that teach us about victory, and I get it. But if you think that isolates you or insulates you or keeps you in some kind of like a COVID bubble from everything, you're wrong. 
Jesus clearly says, you will face storms, floods, rains, winds, pick your poison. What matters is, what's your house built on? It's not, oh, no, 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 I got the victory, nothing's going to happen to me. No, 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 that is not biblical Understand that's a poor idea of big world understanding that you're going to have stuff happen to you in life, and it doesn't mean God sent it, it just means that it's going to happen. What's your home built on? So, just want to make sure that's clear. You can paint the house, you can put flowers out, you can dress it up, but it will not change the foundation. <clears throat> so, what then does the foundation need? How do you know if you have the right foundation? Well, then, first of all, you got to have an inspection. Now, if you build anything, if you guys are builders, you know this happens. Man, we were in the process of this. You have many visits from the inspectors. It's a, it's a joyous occasion. You know, I'd love to tell you that you just come in, hey, how are you doing today? And you try to be like, oh, but I'm just telling you, there's one reason they're here and one reason only. They look into stuff. They don't care about your coffee. They don't care about your chairs. They don't care about, well, they do care about the chairs. They want to know how many seats you got. You don't know why your seats are the way they are. It's because code says X, Y, Z. That's why. Why there's doors where they are, code says you got to have this. It's all about code and they inspect it. Just yesterday, I was getting in my truck, and I went out to start the truck up. And when I did, as soon as I started it, I smelled um, uh, some of the coolant, you know, some like antifreeze. And so as soon as I smelled it, you know, what I didn't do is just ignore it because I've never smelled that before in my truck. It's not a common thing. You know, when you drive your car a lot, you know the smells and things like that. And so I was sitting there thinking, man, what is that? Why is it smelling like that? So I, I took the time to take and 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 just kind of pop the hood up, look under there, make sure nothing's leaking, make sure it's, you know, it's not pouring over the side or whatever, you know, am I low on coolant? What's the problem? It's, you know, weather's probably going to get cool here soon. And I, I couldn't figure out what it was, don't know what it is still yet, but I checked it out. Why? Because you don't ignore something that you sense or can tell is a possible issue. If my car is out of coolant, it runs hot, and I, you know, blow a motor. That's a really expensive lesson to learn. But I inspect things. I don't ignore it. I don't drive on. I lift the hood and I inspect it. Listen to what Paul says, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In verse 11, he says, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, so now he goes on to, if any man's going to build on the foundation, he builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. The word to become evident means it will go through an inspection period. That's what it means. <clears throat> For the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on remains, he'll receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Now, the message says it this way. Eventually, there is going to be an inspection eventually a storm is going to come to your house. I hate to tell you that. I'm not the prophet of doom here. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. Something's going to come to your house you don't want, okay? I mean, a tree limb's going to fall somewhere. Something's going to happen that you didn't expect to happen, and it's going to visit your home. It already knows your address. might be on the way. Maybe it already happened. I don't know. It's like, oh, man, Pastor Jody, can't you talk about the blessing of God visit my house? Oh, it's going to visit too. But if you think that nothing's ever going to happen to you, you're already deceived. The enemy might already have you in a little, look, you know, deception where you think, well, nothing's going to happen to me. I just, everything's just glorious. Like, well, that's great. But for everybody else in the room that stuff goes on with, y'all already know that's true. So how do you deal with that? 
I'm telling you, it tests the foundations. Why is it that one Christian can stick through losing everything? They lose, it's like a bad country song. They lose the house, the dog, the money, everything. They lose it all, right? They lose everything. Even maybe somebody they love. They lose everything. And yet they still stay with God. And in some Christians, they, they can't stick with God through allergies. I mean, allergies take them down. I, mean, they, they, I, I pray for healing and God will heal my allergies. And I just, he just don't love me. Well, get some Claritin, man. I don't know. Why, what are you so worked up over the allergies for? I mean, I get around some people and I watch them and I think, man, I don't know how you're making it. Brother, I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you. I'm like, I see him go through hell. I mean, literal, spiritual, physical, emotional hell. And they still come to church or they're watching online, whatever. They still lifting up Jesus. They don't deny Christ. They won't turn around and turn their back on him. And I see somebody, they can't even beat allergies. They're like, well, God, I just don't, it's just, you know, and then nobody talked to me or whatever else. They just quit God just like that. It's crazy. I'll tell you why. Because the fire will test a foundation. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this or not, and I don't know what you think about it. That's all right. I'm going to tell you anyway what I think about it. 2020 has been nothing more than an inspection. All it has done is pulled back the curtain and shown us the great Wizard of Oz. Who's pulling levers? Who's in the... You know, blowing up fire and smoke. And when all that stuff is gone, you see what's real and what's not. Now, for me, as a pastor, it ain't been too comfortable to watch. Because what I've realized is what we thought in me and my pastor friends are all kind of eyes open a little bit, realizing that what we thought we were working on and working with, we've realized not as many people are on the same page as what we thought we were. What we've realized is a lot of people, it was just all about the entertainment. If the music was just right, if the lights come on just right, if we dance around just right, then everybody's good. But if the air conditioner isn't just at the right temperature, if you can't give me coffee anymore, if you're going to make me wear a mask, if you're going to do this to me, if you're going to hold, if I, I just can't, I just can't take that anymore, so I'm just going, I'm out. And what we've realized is what we thought was spiritual maturity might have been just some smoking some mirrors. It might have been just some cultural Christianity. So I've made the little prayer and the adjustment in my life going into next year. I've made it the draft. I said, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I've just asked God, God, what do you want me to do? How do, how do we, because this isn't right. I thought we was all on the same page. I thought Jesus was king. I thought we were, you know, I thought we were really believers. So what I'm going to do is take some time to do what Paul said. Why is it by this time you ought to be teachers? And yet someone else still has to teach you and give you the milk. Why is it by this time you ought to have been able to teach another? But you've got to have someone come alongside you and hold your hand up. See, now don't get mad. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me that way. I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to allow the rest of you in here or if you're watching online, I'm not going to be a pastor who sits by and watches God. Uh-uh. I'm not going to let a cope, a, 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 a pandemic or whatever you want to talk about. Anything's happened in 2020 this year, let it be an excuse to say, well, this is why. No, the reason why we are where we are today is because of lack of spiritual maturity. The foundations that have been built upon were not that of Christ. 
The reason why some people stick and some people don't is because they're building on Christ. Others are building on smoke and mirrors. Do you understand what I'm saying? Cultural Christianity will not stand against a 2020. You've got to be a real believer. You've got to be able to stick through it. And that doesn't mean because you're here that makes you one. That just simply means a Christian sticks through it whether they have to watch at home or on here. It doesn't matter. A Christian's going to stick regardless. Man, I've been a pastor through a recession, a great recession, what they called the thing. <laughs> it was bad. All I know is I about wanted to quit. If it hadn't been for the call of God and known that God told me to be here, I would have quit. <laughs> it was awful. Took over a church, thought it'd be fun and exciting. Right in the middle of a great recession hit. I thought, this ain't fun. Why did you do this to me? Why couldn't you wait until a better year? This is awful. Went through that. Been through a number of things. Man, I was in Bible college in 9-11. Thought that was bad. This thing here, it's bad. But it ain't as bad as some things some people have been through. People, there's other people been through a lot worse. But I'm telling you, it's testing, it's inspecting our foundations. Why is the foundation so important? Because that's what you build upon. Foundations are everything. That's where the foundation takes upon itself the pressure, the covering, the provision, the security of that home. It, everything pushes down on the foundation. You can anchor a home, man. They can stand up through a hurricane if you build them right. But they got to have a foundation that they can be bolted down to in strong concrete or whatever to hold it together. So how are you building? Well, this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We're fellow God, God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation. What is the foundation? The foundation is Jesus Christ. If the foundation is Christ, then the building ought to be able to stand. But, he says, each man must be careful how he builds upon it so then how do you build upon this foundation well let me tell you go back and visit my least favorite book of the bible james okay james chapter 1 verse 22 i'm sorry but james just you know he i just you know after i read james i leave and go like oh lord i need to go pray more you know james chapter 1 verse 22 watch this he says but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude or fool themselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he's looked at himself and goes away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, that's God's word, and abides by it, doesn't just look at it, doesn't just get a little verse of the day from you version, actually abides by it. Not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So how many know... What a mirror does. Like you just, you know, raise your hand. You're like, I know what a mirror does. I see myself in it. I guarantee you this morning, this is how you did it. You looked in the mirror, and when you looked at it, what'd you do? Adjusted. You made some adjustments. Some of y'all longer than others. Isn't that what you do? Now listen, fellas, I'm going to just be honest with you. I don't just go in there and be like, and walk out the door. I'm going to brush my teeth. I take a moment or two. It's a good idea. Hygiene's important. I'm going to adjust my beard. Because if I don't do it, if I don't shave it, I got some wild hairs that, that grow out here like that. You know, you got to you adjust it. That's what the mirror does. You adjust it. I'm going to fix my hair. You know? I don't just... You take some time. Why do you do it? Because in the mirror, what do you see? You adjust what you see. So when you look at, watch this, the perfect law of liberty, what are you doing? I'm not going to be a forgetful hearer. 
when I read the Bible. I'm going to see something there when I read James. Like I said, it makes me feel like, <laughs> how does he have to say that? I either got a choice. I'm going to make an adjustment and build my life on what I'm seeing, which is the foundation of Christ, his, his word. Jesus was the word. The word became flesh. We dwelt among us. We beheld the glory of God. Jesus was the word. He became the flesh, right? When you read his word, this is, when you read his word, you're basically seeing who Jesus is. And if I don't take the time and I see a, ah, I don't like that. But if I don't adjust it, say, okay, I'm going to do that. If I ignore that, he says, basically, I'm not building on the foundation properly. I'm ignoring something that he's trying to fix in my life. And it's not going to be good for me in the long run. If I'm unwilling to accept God's word, I'm unwilling, most likely, to build with it. And Jesus said this to us. He said, man, if you love me, watch this. He didn't say go to church. He said, if you love me, he didn't say, you know, put little Christian things on your social media, tag Christian artists, put stickers on your car, little things on your house, Bible verses in the hallway. That's not what he said. He said, if you love me, you will do what I ask you to do. If you love me, you will obey my what? My, my word. And so many times it's often overlooked because we think we're doing all the right things and sometimes it's the most simple things that we look at. Jesus does something. I'm going to wrap up with this last thought here that we sometimes overlook and it's this idea of the meditation of God's word. So this morning before we go, I'll leave you with this thought here. If we're going to build properly on the foundations, it's going to require us to meditate on God's word. Listen to me. You're meditating on stuff anyway. I already know it. We all do it. You're either meditating on what you see on TV. You're meditating on your favorite sports team. You're meditating on what they should do better. You're meditating on your finances. You're meditating on your family. You're meditating on whatever. You are doing it anyway. So the Bible tells us to meditate on God's word. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditate is like a cow. It simply means this. It chews on the cud. How long, Pastor? Until you finally digest it. You meditate on it. Day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have success. Let me just say something. As we move forward in the final months of 2020, I want to encourage all of us here today. You're watching online tonight, today, whatever time you're seeing this, I want to encourage you right now. Take the time to meditate on God's Word. Instead of meditating on everything else that's going on in the world today, what does God say about this? Not the things that frustrate you. What does God really say about things that are going on in your life? Meditate on His Word. So today as we, I want to pray for you today, but I want you to think about this as you build. What materials are you building with? What materials are you building with? Do you have a stockpile of materials from here? Or is it more of the culture around you? Are we building more from a cultural Christianity? Or more from a spiritual 
discipleship. Which one am I building my life on? Because it matters. Rain's coming. Flood's been happening. Stuff hit. And now here we are. All it has done is opened up. And I'm telling you, if it's anything it's done, if it's, if it's shown us some, some problems in our Christianity, we need to shore it up, get rid of that, replace it with the right things. So this morning I want to pray for you right now. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment. <clears throat> you know, today, Lord, we come to you today and we thank you that we can trust your word. The Lord, your word is true. You said that <clears throat> the Lord is true. Your word is true. Every man is a liar. So God, first and foremost, we put forth your word as the foremost authority in our lives. God, we look to your word first. We build our lives upon your word, Lord. The foundation is Christ, and we must build upon that foundation with your word. So I pray today in the name of Jesus, if we have seen anything throughout this year that has not been of you, that, Lord, it has not been of your your teachings or, or how you would have handled it or whatever, God, it just doesn't represent who you are. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we would have the, the bravery and the courage to remove those things from our lives and shore back up on that foundation the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to build our lives upon your word. Help us, Lord, to be founded upon your word. Repent if necessary. Rebuild if needed. God, we trust you, though, in this process as we're building. And for those that are just now starting out walking with you and they're just now building, I pray, Lord, that they'll build with good materials. Things are straight from your word and not from this culture that's around them. Lord, we thank you for that today. Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray that they will receive you today. If you're watching online or you're in this room right now, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray along with me today. You say, maybe I don't know Jesus. I don't ever accepted Christ. You need to pray this prayer with me today. Just say, dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart and I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, to help me, Lord, to build my life. I choose you as my foundation. You're my cornerstone. You're my rock. Lord, help me to build appropriately my life with your word. Father, I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Everybody said amen, amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right? Would you give them a hand right now? Let them know. <clears throat> let them know online as well. Man, listen, man, I'm so proud of you. On the, on, you'll be watching online right there in front of your screen or in here as well. But there's a little uh, site that we have there called connect.cornerstonerome.com. You can turn there or click there, if you will. And what you can do is find a little spot there that you can fill out some information for us. And again, I'm going to say this just as real as I can. If you're making a decision to follow Christ online or in this room right now, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you need discipleship. This idea of just church on Sunday morning is not going to change your life. I, I, I know maybe that just, I'm serious about this. We're, we're going to get so grounded on God's word and on what he says about us that that we're not going to be swayed by the things that are going around us. But I'm telling you, if you're a new believer, you need it. You need it. You need it, man, because this world is going to try to pull you off of who Jesus is. So in Numbers chapter 6, we always like to speak this over you before you leave. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, it says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. See, we're going to end with blessings. Maybe some stuff hits your house, but we're going to pray blessings over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you so much. We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock. You're dismissed. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.